Podcast One. Welcome to Media Landscapes, the podcast from Group M Australia. I'm Rosie Baker, Group Communications Director, and I'm in the Podcast One Australia studio with our Head of Trading Intelligence, Lisa Newland, who's part of our Trading, Investment and Strategic Partnerships team, and our CEO, Mark Lolbach. This podcast series is based on Media Landscapes, a collection of essays written by Group M's Global President of Business Intelligence, Brian Weiser, to dig deeper into where ad spend is going in 2020, to look at the unique challenges advertisers face, and explore the current and future status of some of the world's largest media companies. There's a lot of information in there, so what we're doing with this podcast series is pulling out some of the highlights to bring you a bite-sized overview and local analysis of the biggest trends affecting marketers and the media. In this episode, The Great Disruption, we're looking at the role and the impact of digital media giants. That's Facebook and Google. So, Lisa, from your perspective, how have these digital giants, Facebook and Google, really impacted the industry? Yeah, so the digital disruptors like Google, Facebook and Netflix, they've just structurally undermined the century-old economic model. So either by advertising-led monetizing of social interactions or monetizing of content in the absence of advertising. So they've shifted viewing habits and consequently commercial impressions have dropped um, from the highest viewing platforms. So the Group MSA is saying consumer appetite for ad-free video has diverted time and attention and money from traditional television. And the arrival of over-the-top services like Stan and Netflix has threatened to undermine the business model of the ad-supported television. So we're saying that Facebook and Google and Netflix have changed consumer behaviour and the industry. Mark, how are we seeing that here in Australia? I don't think it's that different here in terms of impact on the industry. But I think it's really interesting as a industry for us to step back and say, why have they been so successful? Why are they getting such high consumer uptake? And interestingly, we all think that people are time poor and actually consuming content less. It's actually the opposite. So people are spending more time. We know they're spending more time on radio, with digital platforms, with podcasts. We know they're spending more time watching big screens. We know cinemas up. So it's really interesting that we say disruption as is this negative. Actually, the disruption is just bringing more choice. It's empowering the consumer more um, and bringing better quality experiences, actually. Where I think the industry is being challenged is therefore how do we become more responsible advertisers and how do we make sure that our advertising is playing a strong role and not just being interrupting? Because in the old old model, it was, you get this for free, so I'm going to annoy you and throw some stuff at you. What the consumer is very clearly saying is sometimes I'm okay with that, but there's sometimes I don't want that experience. And I think that's really the disruption. Um, yes, the, there's viewers moving around, but I actually think that disruption is creating excitement for all of us. So it's a kind of a, it's a bonus situation for the consumer, really. Yeah, I think they're getting more choice. And they're making it more difficult, necessarily, in terms of advertising. But I think we're just going to have to rethink the model. Um, if you take the current free-to-air, for example, I think it's 12 minutes, Lisa, per hour of advertising they can run. SBS, I think it's five. Interestingly, SBS still make really good revenue, but the experience for the viewer is actually really good. And they don't mind because it's actually, yeah, and I know some of the networks have even raised that issue themselves and said, have they been looking at it and is, is the environment wrong? Um, I think Facebook and Google are also experimenting there. How, how many ads, how much interruption? Instagram has less ad interruption than, say, the Facebook platform. It's an interesting time. It's not that advertising won't work and we won't be allowed to advertise. It's just that the old model of sitting down and just blasting out a 30-second television commercial 
uh, in interrupting people when we wanted to isn't acceptable anymore. You know, consumers have, have got much more empowerment and choice. And that is definitely an interesting topic that we do come back to in a future episode as well, looking at the ad experience and the viewer experience. So we will come back to that. So we've talked about the changing consumer behavior. When we look at Google and Facebook and we refer to them as the digital giants, what are we actually talking about? What's their position in the market locally and globally, Lise? It's interesting, isn't it, after what Mark was just saying, that Google and Facebook are definitely dominating globally and locally. But certainly there's a shifting um, in growth and it's decelerating slightly as there's some vulnerabilities have emerged. So particularly around data collection, data use and market responsibility, as well as brand safety. So the market's kind of um, stabilising this in their own way. So both have certain characteristics. For Google, it's they've got a monopoly on intent and search. They've virtual monopoly on ad-supported short-form video. They control 75% of the digital advertising infrastructure that's not controlled by Facebook. And for Facebook, they hold a monopoly on social actions, a near monopoly on messaging in the Western markets. So market shares far more than um, Twitter and Snap, and a share of social advertising exceeding 80%. So I think what Brian in his essay is trying to say is that when he says Google and Facebook are creating a market-beating utility with zero economic and technological friction, this is really the advantage in how they, they disrupted the marketplace. They disrupted legacy markets, and this is now ironically attracting regulatory um, scrutiny in almost every market. So claims have been made against them and locally, just the tail end of 2019, the ACCC here in Australia has taken Google to court over what is being called um, misuse of location data. So that's a world first and a major development and that'll have its own impact on the ecosystem. Podcasts, just like the one you're listening to, are becoming the go-to medium as a trusted environment. More and more, people are choosing to listen to original podcasts where they can be entertained, informed or educated. Podcast One Australia focus on creating premium original podcasts with some of Australia's biggest household names, allowing brands to deliver their message in a trusted environment that makes a difference. 63% of listeners that have heard a brand message within Podcast One Australia podcast have taken action. So to have your brand message have greater impact or create a new trusted environment for your own communication, Get in touch with the team at Podcast One Australia by emailing sales at podcastone.com.au. So while Google and Facebook obviously are a huge and fundamental part of the advertising ecosystem, there are kind of questions being raised about whether they're, they're too strong or their market dominance. What are we seeing as the threats to Google and Facebook, Mark? Are there any? Oh, look, I think any large organisation that is a pioneer and, and cutting through new ground is always going to have some challenge at some point. And I think that's what we're starting to see with Google and Facebook. Governments are getting concerned. Consumer groups are getting concerned. Parents are getting concerned. Education departments are getting concerned. I don't think it's unusual. Um, it's just part of growing up. And I think if you talk to Google and Facebook, I know locally here anyway, they're very aware that they're teenagers in a way that need to become adults and they're going through that transition themselves. And it would take governments and ACCCs and things like that to challenge them, test them, and make sure that they are actually being responsible and that they're not having a negative impact on any particular part of the industry. Or actually what they're really worried about is no government wants any one organization to be so dominant that they actually control it to an economic advantage. That's really what the ACCC is about. I think what's interesting is if we have a look at Facebook, there's Facebook and then there's Facebook, the company. 
I don't think a lot of people realize that we do in the industry, but a lot of consumers that Facebook owns Instagram, they own Messenger, they own WhatsApp. That's a massive impact into people's lives around the world. And then you might imagine the amount of data that is being collected behind those multiple uses. And then we always talk about Google, but actually let's look at Alphabet, the company, which owns Google and owns YouTube and Android and DoubleClick and actually about another 12 other companies that they're bought into both in the AI space, uh, you know, artificial intelligence. What I find really interesting about both of them, and I think this is what people are going to struggle with, with Amazon, the three probably most powerful global organizations in the world. Cashed up, no debt, the most number of engineers on the planet. And guess where the world is going? The world is all going into the space of this digital landscape. It is all about the quality and volume of engineers you have to keep driving that business forward and reinventing and creating new products. And there's nobody second to any of those three in the planet. That's what I think is going to be really interesting for governments. Mm. And locally, the AECCC's platform inquiry is investigating competition, consumer protection, privacy, data privacy and protection, regulation, public interest. They've accepted that Google and Facebook have significant market power and are looking at whether they damage competition by having too much market share. So they're looking at regulation around data and collection and use of sharing that data. But this will have an impact across the whole industry and it's designed to increase consumer trust and protection in precisely that data to encourage and ensure that customers are still happy to share that so we can drive innovation across the whole ecosystem. Yeah, look, and it's interesting... They're, they're big because they're highly valued by the users. The user experience is actually a good one. Advertisers chase consumers. Um, they chase eyeballs or ears, etc. Um, and if there are platforms like Facebook, Instagram, Google, that enable us to connect, as you say, Lisa, better connect through data, therefore smarter targeting, better segmentation, dynamic creative, hopefully even give the user better creative relevant to their experience and to their interest, that's not going to go away. And advertisers, as I said, will continue to chase that down because it's harder and harder, you know, the world's fragmenting and they're being challenged to deliver even greater results with higher higher ROI. So I think what we're kind of seeing is that there's the, the business performance side, but it's sort of mingling a bit now with ethical concerns, but, you know, Google and Facebook and their associated companies aren't going anywhere. It's just about the kind of responsible ways of doing business. So what about other challenges from other digital platforms in Australia? We know that the two, Google and Facebook, kind of dominate. What are the other digital platforms that are emerging in the ecosystem? Yeah, well, Pinterest, which is huge in the US, but only just launched its commercial operation here in August. Plus there's Snap, Twitter, they deliver opportunities for other opportunities for brands. Globally, Amazon is challenging Google in search. We're likely to see that here, but it will take a while to gain momentum. Whether it's Facebook, Snap, Insta, e-commerce is the next frontier for these disruptors, and it's likely to drive the next phase of growth. Amazon and e-commerce are a major area of focus for Group M and WPP. And in 2019, we launched the e-commerce centre of excellence led by Roger Dunn so that we can ensure we're servicing our clients with the best capabilities in this space. I think it's a really exciting space, e-commerce. It's all about closing the closing the loop between all the, the platforms and turning that into kind of, you know, direct sales. So I think that's definitely an exciting um, place to be. That's the end of this episode of Media Landscapes, the podcast. And if you've enjoyed that overview, you can find the full essay from Group M on our website, groupm.com slash news, or by searching Group M Media Landscapes. And we'll be back for the next episode. If content is king, who wears the crown? Where we'll be exploring the world of content and looking at streaming services, 
the traditional TV business model and how they'll evolve in the future. This podcast was recorded and produced by Podcast One Australia, presented by me, Rosie Baker, Mark Lollback and Lisa Newland. If you have any questions on what we've discussed in this podcast or if you've missed any episodes, you can email me on rosie.baker at groupm.com.